Lord, we bow our hearts before you today. We look to you and you alone. Oh God, there are so many places to look. There are so many places where we think we can find hope, where we think we can find joy, we think we can find peace, but God, we look to you for it is in you alone that these things are found. It's in you alone, Lord God. You are our God. You are our provider. You are our Lord and our Savior. We praise your name. We exalt your name this morning, Lord. Lord, right now I pray over this church, Lord God, that we would be a people that would be marked by the hand of God. That we would be a people, Lord, as, as the world sees us, that they would see the hand of God upon our lives. That they would see our hope, that they would see our joy, they would see the light of Jesus within us. Lord God, we confess our need for you, Lord God. We need you to lead us. We need you to be the lamp unto our feet and the light on our path. We need you to show us the way in which we will walk, Lord. We are in a time of life, Lord, a time of this world where there are so many things bombarding us, Lord. We ask you, Holy Spirit, would you come bombard us with your power? Would you come and bombard us with your love? Lord, we need to hear you above the noise. And so, Lord, in the places in our heart where the, the noise has become loud, louder than you, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would come and you would dial back the noise this morning. That we would be people, Lord God, who could truly say, my life is led by Jesus. Thank you that you are faithful, God. You are steadfast. Your mercies never cease. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We praise your name this morning. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. <laughs> which you should, not because I said, but because God's word says we are a church that believes in the principle of the tithe. I believe that God is our provider. Does anyone believe that God's your provider? Yeah. I believe God is my provider. I believe that he is my first, and God's word says to give to him first, that I give my best, that I give my first to him. And so we give, hey, we have ushers, here we go. If you have something to put in the uh, offering bucket, we'll do that. Let's pray over this. Lord, we pray over our giving this morning. We, we come to you with worship, Lord, not out of obligation, but God, out of worship to you, God, out of priority. We put you first, Lord God. And in, even in this way, where sometimes it's a challenging way, a difficult way, Lord God, we say we put you first. And so, Lord God, I pray that you would take what is given, Lord God, and that you would use it for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So you can give 
online, the app, Abundant Life Ordering, mail, or you can put something in one of the buckets too. So however you want to give, that's fine. It all works. Uh, so let's uh, pause where I, I'm like totally like going to take a left. So just like give me a second. <laughs> uh, just a couple quick things that I, I missed at the beginning. Uh, the first, I was asked uh, our, our good friend Don Reed, someone accidentally walked away with his Bible sometime in the last few weeks. So if you have a Bible, it says Don Reed, or it says, like, it's not yours. Um, we know you need the Word of God, too, but he really would like his back. Uh, secondly is, is our teams. As I talked about going to the school next week, one of the things I forgot to mention is that we need teams to do that. So like this summer, you notice that we came in and the chairs were like already here. Like we just left them here from the week before. And for some reason, the school doesn't let us keep it at church like the rest of the week. I mean, I know it's kind of rude, but that's just what they do. They have to use it for something else. So we have teams and we have our gear teams, our pit crews that come and set stuff up and take stuff down. We've got our media teams and our sound teams and if you know how to use a computer and click on the next lyric that is being sung, we need you on that team. We need you on our kids' ministry teams. It's time, I believe, as a church to come and just rally and be the body of Christ. So if you've been kind of holding back and saying, well, I'm not really sure, uh, I would just encourage you to jump in and just be part of the family. So there's that. Now let's, let's take the left that I was not planning on taking. First of all, um, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss to, to have spent all summer. Did, does anyone know when we came out? Was it May? Was it the first of May? Isn't that a little nuts to come out here in Washington in May? We've been out here May, June, July, August, four months, five months. It's, it's, is it the end of September? Five months. And, um, and, and what I don't want to miss is to remind you that we are trying to build a building on this exact land that we're on. <laughs> And if you've been with us for a while, you'll know, you know the journey. You know it's been a, di a difficult journey at times. Um, you may remember that we've had like um, several moments within our building process that we thought we were really close. And it kind of is like, I was thinking about it this morning. I kind of feel like I've been in a virtual game of whack-a-mole. <laughs> Have you guys ever played, you remember Chuck E. Cheese and whack-a-mole, right? Like, You've got all these targets you hit, and every once in a while you hit one, but then you go, and it's gone before you get it to it. Like, that's how it's felt. And, like, there's been several times where we're like, all right, let's get out the shovels, and let's break ground, and then the target moved. Like, it wasn't there anymore. And that's kind of been the process. That's how I can sum up the process for me, at least personally. And so we've been walking through all these things, and... Uh, and I just want you to know, I want to spend some time praying together, and, and just I want to share what we're going to do, and then let's take some time to pray. Um, if you are new with us, here's what I need you to know, is that uh, we want to build a place for our community and have it be a place where we worship God. And so um, I have maybe shared this with you, with many of you before. You've heard me say this many times, so bear with me. Um, some of you know that I went to school originally to become a business major. And uh, anyone have like my plan for my life versus God's plan for my life, right? And so um, I, I think a lot of times in terms of that, like, and I, I drive by churches a lot. You may drive by churches. Does anyone drive, does anyone drive by a church like 
on a weekday and realize that there's n it's vacant. Um, if you were to open a business today and you were to say, let's do this, let's, let's open our, let's spend a lot of money, let's build this big structure, and then let's use it once a week. I would tell you you're out of your mind because that's not how to steward what God has asked you to do. And I believe that if we're going to steward the kingdom of God, it needs to be used. And so we want to build a building that is used by our ministries a lot, used by our community as much as we can allow our community to use it. Uh, of course, it's going to be the house of the Lord, and so that's where we, what we're going to prioritize. But we also want to see our community use it. There's things in our community, I, I mean, even thinking about, um, I mean, I'm going out on a limb here, but just thinking about some of the things that happen with things that get canceled in the community and with different things and our kids and all that kind of stuff, and there's nowhere else for them to go in our community. And what if there was somewhere else? What if there was a place? And so that's kind of a dream that God's put in my heart. And so uh, we're building a Abundant Life Community Church and Ordin Community Center kind of all in one. Like, that's the goal. And so um, it's going to be an awesome building. It's, it's, I, I can just see it. I can feel it. I can taste it. It's going to be an awesome building. And, um, and we're going to have an, a great auditorium. We're going to have a full-size gymnasium. We're going to have a commercial kitchen. We're going to have a, a place where there's a cafe, to, a coffee shop to hang out. We're going to have uh, huge classrooms. Um, I'm hoping for some really cool stuff. I'm, one, of my, one of my dreams has been an indoor playground uh, because I don't think it's cool that moms of preschoolers get to go outside with their kids to the playground three months out of 12. And so uh, what, would, what would it be like if there was a place for people to gather indoors? You have to think about that in this state, indoors throughout the year. And so these are a lot of the, just the dreams in, in my heart. And I don't know exactly which one or if all of them are going to take place in which way. But what I know is that God has called us to build this thing. And so we continue to march forward. And it's been challenging because as your pastor, I want to constantly like show you a picture of here's what we're working on next. Well, what I could do is I could show you a picture of the check we wrote to the engineer like that, but that's not, that's not sexy or anything like that, right? That's not exciting. And so, so what I, here's what I need you to know. is like, we submitted this huge package to the city and, uh, and they, they came back and they said, we want to know a lot of details. They wanted to know a lot of details and I, and, and that's their right to know all the details. And so we had to take another like five weeks to, to answer a lot of questions that our engineers were like, most, I, we've never been asked this question before. And so, we uh, resubmitted everything on Thursday uh, back to the city. And so what I want to do today is I want to pray. I want to pray for God's favor upon what we've given to the city. What we've given to the city is our entire plan for this project. Lots of details, all of it. So they have everything, and, and they are in the place of deciding, uh, can, we, can we go forward? And I, already, I know the answer because I already know what God's decided. And so, uh, but, but I, what I'd ask is that we pray for favor. And we pray for speed. Did you know, like, did you guys know that in YouTube, this is a trick, did you know on YouTube you don't have to watch it at regular speed? You can watch it at like one and a quarter time, one and a half time. Did you know you can do that? It's really cool. So if you want to listen to teaching and it's, it's an hour long and you're like, I, got it. I only got 45 minutes to hit one and a quarter time, boom, there you go. And so I'm praying for like, I'm praying for like a, you know, not normal YouTube speed for this, this submittal. Like I want speed. I want one and a quarter, one and a half. I want even, you know, um, micro machines man speed, like the, the fast speed. Some of you who are not young got that one. And so, <laughs> and so 
Can we pray for that this morning? I want to pray that God's favor would be on this project. Um, and so, and what, here's what you can expect is that we're going to hopefully get the city to, to say, great, we like your answers. And then they'll come out and they'll put one of those big yellow signs in front of the property. And then they'll give the public opportunity to comment. And the public is all going to comment like, this is a fantastic idea. We love this idea. And they're not going to believe that hundreds of people really want this. And, um, and so that'll happen, and we'll give more instructions on that later. <laughs> so um, when the public hearing comes and there's no room left to go in, we'd say, man, it'd be nice if you guys could have public hearings in a bigger building somewhere in the city. I have an idea. And so we'll, we'll figure that out. Um, I've got some tricks up my sleeve, but here's the deal. We need to pray for God's favor and pray that um, the target stops moving. Pray that uh, all the details that need to be brought in will be brought in uh, because I'm more than ready. I'm more than ready. I think we're more than ready. Um, this last year and a half, uh, if it hasn't shown you that we need a space in which we can be a church, um, man, this is the time. So um, let's pray this morning. And so I, so I don't want to just pray by myself. And so let's just do something um, different, and let's take five or ten minutes, and I would just, let's just jump into some groups of four or five or six people, and, uh, and let's spend some time praying over this project. We're here on the property. Like, there's not a better place to pray than actually on the property. Like, God, you can lay your hands on the rocks if you want, right? Your kids are already doing it anyway during service and throwing them around. You know, lay your hands on the, on the property and let's ask God's favor and let's ask, uh, let's ask that he would move mountains for us, amen? So can we just do that? If you're not comfortable getting together in another group of people, that's okay. You can just pray by yourself. That's fine too. Again, what I talked about earlier, right? Like you do you. So uh, if you feel comfortable getting in a group, then let's get in a few groups and, and then I'll call us back together. Uh, but I'd like us as a church to rally together and just pray that God's uh, plan would unfold on this land. So can we do that? So let's go ahead and do that, and then we'll come back here in a few minutes. If you are new with us this morning, this isn't normally how a service goes, right? So if this is overwhelming, we don't normally ask you to get in the groups of people and things like that. So uh, usually we have worship, we have a sermon, and so that's a normal service. This is not a normal service. You just spun the wheel and hit the lucky number today, all right? So if you thought, well, that was kind of weird, uh, try again. Come back next week. If you thought that was awesome, then wink, wink. We'll do this again next week. No, we won't. It'll be a, it'll be a message. It'll be a sermon and, a, and worship. Okay. Um, you know, this is a weird week for me. And, uh, and, and <laughs> I wrote this great message that you're going to hear next week. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was tough. I even, like, worked till midnight on Friday. I was like, it was good. I was, like, in it. I was all the way in it. And, um, and, and then the Lord. So that's how we're, <laughs> I'm trying to figure, like, here, here's the thing. I want to talk to you about this, this passage of Scripture for just a few minutes, and then we're going we're gonna to get to work and eat pizza and hot dogs and all that stuff. Um, so this question is in my, is in my mind. And, uh, and this is a question that I don't really talk about. If you've been here for a while, you know, you know me and you know that like my preference, I just want to like just preach the word, preach the word, preach the word. I don't necessarily like to get involved in a lot of external things, but uh, right now in our world, like 
there, there's an importance in getting involved in lots of things and in external things in our world. And so this question has been running through my mind over and over and over again is, uh, is what do you do? Uh, what do you do? How do you mesh two worlds together? The world of a, I'm a Christian and I am a, a citizen of a country. Like how do you mesh those two worlds? Um, because what, what, we, what we do often is we say, um, hey, look, our citizenship is in heaven. The things of this world shouldn't matter. And so we need to focus only upon on the Lord. And there's some good, uh, there's some good theology in that. And that should be our priority, always our priority, to think heavenly minded first, to think the kingdom of God first. Um, but we can't avoid the fact that you also live in a physical body on, in a physical country as well. Is, I'm not alone in that. Isn't that kind of a thing that you kind of, is anyone like had this like, what do I do about this and this and then is it okay this? And, and there's, this is where the differences come. This is where I said earlier in non-essentials liberty. How do you walk this out and how do you, uh, it, we'll just say American because we are in America. If you're watching online, this church is in America. Uh, we've actually do have views from other countries from time to time. So, um, that's cool, but we are in, we're in America, and that's the, that's the place in which you operate. So how do you operate as a church, and how do you operate as a church in America? Now, this could be a different question if you were to ask, how are you a church, and how do you operate a church in China? Totally different thing, right? Um, in China, there's also rules about how churches are allowed to meet, and in that nation, uh, for the most part, they disobey all of them. Um, and there's some, this is where we get into where, where are these gray areas, right? Like as Christians, we would say, follow the law all the time, and then we smuggle Bibles into China by, and break the law. And so, so we try to figure out how does this all work, right? And so this has been like the conversation uh, so much in church. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, this, this conversation would be a good conversation, a bad conversation. Um, I think we need to talk more in church about you know, how are our marriages doing? How are our relationships doing? Where are our struggles in other areas of life? But this is also a piece of that conversation. And so uh, I don't want to only have this conversation, but not have other conversations. And so for the, you know, I want to just talk about this for a moment today. Um, how do you do that? How do you reconcile? I'm a Christian, I'm an American, and how do those things work together? And what should I do? Uh, should I go to a protest? Should I not go to a protest? Should I, uh, you know, follow all of this or not follow all of this? How do we work that out personally? And I'm, I'm sharing this with you to, to help you try to process these things out. Because what we do is we'll, we'll read the scripture, and we, we all know Romans 13. You've probably heard it preached a bunch of this over this year, that, you know, what does it mean to follow the governing authorities? What is the context in which Paul preached? And so we've studied that. I've talked about that. It's on video somewhere from this last winter. I talked about it. But I, I want to actually, like, just share a story with you um, that is about the guy who wrote Romans 13. The guy who wrote, be subject to the governing authorities, and et cetera. You can go read that. Um, that was Paul. Paul wrote this. And I want to give you something that Paul did. I'll give you a couple circumstances that Paul did in his life. So this is coming from the author of that. Um, so Paul was out, um, he, was, <laughs> he was out preaching. He was out, uh, in, he was in Philippi, actually. And, uh, and he went into town, and there was this lady named Lydia, and uh, you know, she invited him and all the, the people and into her home to stay and was hospitable. Awesome. Thank you for going on a prayer walk. You guys rock. Um, so um, he's there in Philippi, and they start preaching, and then they, they find that there's something going on where there's a young girl who is being taken advantage of, um, and he's had enough of it. 
And so uh, she was demon-possessed, and he prayed over her, and she was no longer demon-possessed, and it's awesome, and people actually got mad about that. Can you imagine a world in which someone gets mad that someone was in bondage, and now they're not? But they got mad. And so here's what happened is the whole crowd, there was like a mob started. This is in Acts 16, if you're wondering. You can turn there if you'd like. Um, And so here's what happens is Paul and Silas, they get arrested, and they get beaten with rods, um, and they get taken into prison. So they're flogged, they're thrown into prison. So just that first part makes me cringe. Like I can't even imagine being whipped and beaten, but that's what happened to them. And then they get put into prison. And it says they go to prison. And uh, in Acts 16.25, it says at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. I don't know what you do at midnight uh, in prison, but uh, they were praying and singing hymns. And it says there was an earthquake and and all these things happen. And I'll just kind of cut to the chase of the story. Uh, They start talking to the, the warden. There's the warden of the prison, and, and you know what a warden is, right? They're, they are in charge of the prisoners, and so they're in prison, and they're, uh, they decide to preach the gospel. So they're thinking spiritually. They're thinking that uh, this is an opportunity to advance the gospel right here in prison. And so they share the gospel message, and the warden and his whole family, they get saved. Uh, the next morning, uh, they get a message, and um, the, the, the warden says to Paul, he says, uh, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. So, so we're here at uh, Acts 16.37. So here's what happens. They get arrested. They get beaten. And they get in prison. And they get the jailer saved. And then they come and say, okay, you guys can go now. Um, Acts 16.37. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens. And they threw us in prison. And now they want us to get rid of us quietly? No. They can come out here themselves and escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates, and when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. They came to appease them and escorted them from prison, arresting them to leave the city. Uh, excuse, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the house, uh, you would think it would say they left the city, but no, they went back to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them. Then they left. They left when they wanted to leave. So, so here's this thing. You have this of the Apostle Paul. Like, it's all about the gospel. And yet, he gets into this situation, and he says, wait a minute, I'm a citizen here. Like, I have rights. Like, I, you can't do this to me. Like, the, you were, it was against the law, and we'll look here in a second, it was against the law for them to beat a Roman citizen without a trial. They were guaranteed a fair trial. And so, here he is, he's preaching the gospel, he's doing his thing, and he says, look, I got freedoms here. You, you can't do this to me. Like, I have a right as a citizen. And so all of a sudden, his worlds are colliding because he's an apostle, he's an evangelist, he's a Christian, but he says, I'm also a citizen, by the way, and I have rights. And so here you have uh, this situation, and we look at our world right now, and you have all these different views, and you have some people frustrated with others because you have some Christians who are standing and saying, yes, I'm a Christian, but I am an American citizen, I have freedom, I have rights, and I will stand up for my rights. Is that acceptable? Is it acceptable to stand up for your rights even if it goes against what the, the, the governing authorities in this case are telling you? How do you stand up for your rights? And according to Paul and his actions, it's okay to pull out the I'm a citizen card and I have rights here. And so here we have our worlds colliding. Now, what, when I look at this, I, I want us to draw attention to uh, how Paul handled this. The first thing to keep in mind is that he came into this situation and the priority is always on the spiritual outcome first. 
Always on the spiritual outcome first, always. Before he did anything, before he demanded anything, he preached the gospel to this guy, to the, to the jailer, to the warden. He preached the gospel. And that was always the priority. And as a Christian, we have to remember that it has to be priority number one. If you get involved in things and, 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 and you're standing up for your rights as a citizen in this country, and you get to the place where your uh, rights as a citizen and the way you express them get ugly and they get nasty and they compromise your ability to be a witness for Jesus Christ, now you've, gone, you've crossed over a line. Right? So you, you think this is, first, I will always have in mind the kingdom of God. First, always. That is my priority. And that was Paul's priority. He preached to the jailer. But he didn't just completely lay down his rights as a citizen of the country he was in. And so secondly, he said, no, this is my right. And he exercised his right as well. And so as a Christian, is it acceptable to go and to fight for whatever cause or freedom or conviction that you have? Paul would say, yes, it is. You see, as Christians, we walk out in this life different convictions, and many of you have different convictions about different things in this life. Some of you have convictions about specific things that maybe uh, the Bible isn't maybe uh, uh, commanding you to do. Some of you have convictions in your home. We don't drink alcohol in our home might be a conviction. And another Christian doesn't have that same conviction, and they have a glass of wine with dinner because the Bible says don't get drunk. Now, if you don't have a conviction not to get drunk, then now you've crossed that line, right? Because the Bible's clear on that one. And so, different convictions. So, in some houses, oh, we don't drink here. Some houses, you know, uh, we, have, we don't watch rated R movies in our house. That's our conviction. That might not be your conviction. It's my conviction. It's our conviction. And so, the Bible actually doesn't, um, th- like, I couldn't find rated R movies in the Bible, like, a reference to it. But it's a conviction, right? And so, I'll follow the Lord... Uh, with my conviction. And so we have these different, we, we have to understand that as Christians, we will have some convictions like this. And some, some of you have convictions and you may be more involved in certain things. You might be more involved politically. You might be more involved in, in, in whatever it happens to be, your schools or speaking up or having a voice. And that's okay. In fact, Paul would say, yes, do that. Just don't lose sight that the kingdom of God has to be first. Right? And so we walk these things out. Now, Paul wises up after this situation because in Acts 22, it happens again and he gets arrested. And this time, in Acts chapter 22, uh, verse 23, uh, actually, yeah, as they were shouting and throwing their cloaks, another mob breaks out. The commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't been found guilty? This time he was smart. He's like, you're not beating me first this time. (laughs) Like, I'm speaking up now. This is my right. And the commander said, are you really a Roman citizen? And he said, yes. And the commander said, well, I had to pay a lot of money for mine. See, that was an income method for the Roman government. You could buy your citizenship. And Paul's like, no, I was born one. And people knew, like, if you were born a Roman citizen, you were considered a better citizen than the ones who bought in. And so he almost even pulled rank on the commander. It's like, yeah, I was born this way. Yeah, (laughs) you had to buy it. You know, I saved my money. And so so what did they do? They didn't whip him. Because he said, no, I have a right here. And, and, and I want us to understand that as Christians, I want you to know, I want you to know that it's okay. 
And that there are times when I would even say it's not just okay, it's necessary. When I look at Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who was a pastor, by the way, who decided that he was going to be about the kingdom of God, but he saw some injustices in his world, in his country, that declared that it was a country of freedom for all people, and he wasn't seeing it. And so he decided to stand up and to use his voice and to say, this is the right that we have as a citizen of this country, and I won't stand for this any longer. And he changed the landscape of a nation through his actions. And so we have this duality of two worlds together, and each of us has to wrestle with and grapple with what the Lord is calling us to do or not do in it. And so as we walk this out, I want us to treat each other as a church with respect because some of you are going to be very active in this world in different ways, whether that's politically, whether it's a protest, whether that's addressing a school board, whatever it happens to be. And I would say as long as you always in your mind think the kingdom of God is my priority in my life, then be a citizen as well and say, this is, this is what I have. This is my right as a citizen of this country. And, and it is okay to do that. And, and it is something that we have to walk out with integrity and the conviction that the Lord would put in our hearts. If God has called, if you feel like, no, that isn't what God's called me to do. And, and I'm, I, I feel like I just, I, I need to live this a quiet life and I need to just uh, be honorable at all times and I need to just stay in my lane and just be a Christian and, and love the Lord and, and, and let the other stuff out. If that's a conviction, then that's a conviction. But, I, but, but we will have these different convictions. And so don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't be ashamed of that. And don't be, afraid, don't be ashamed that you are an American citizen in a country that was founded upon freedom, a country that was founded by a group of people who were stuck in tyranny who said we had enough. And they, they came together and they said, we're going to form a nation under God because this is a, we are to be a people of liberty. And so when your worlds collide and they will. Be okay with it. Be okay with your worlds colliding and walk it out with what God has put on your heart and the conviction, all right? So there's my left turn for this morning. I want to pray over you, and then we're going to do some work. Amen? And next week, we're going to reset something. We're back to our reset series, our theme for the year that we would reset. Lord, we come before you this morning. We thank you, God, that you are a God of mercy and freedom and love, Lord, that you look at us, Lord God, and you put convictions upon our heart on how to walk things out, Lord. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to have your kingdom first. Lord, I pray that you would help us as American citizens where we see things that we believe are wrong or unjust, Lord God, that we would be like Paul and stand up and say this isn't right when we need to stand up and say it isn't right. Lord God, I pray that our voice would be clear, Lord God, and that uh, our voice wouldn't be, uh, be heard in a way that would be um, compromising who we are in you, Lord God, because our identity is in you. We are found in you. So, Lord God, help us to walk this out. Help us to walk out, Lord God, standing up for what we believe is right in this, in this country that we live in. Help us, Lord God, to walk this out with integrity, Lord God, and that we would see, Lord, we want to fight, Lord God. We're fighting for our children. We're fighting for our future. We're fighting, Lord God, for a nation that was founded upon your word, that was founded upon your ways, Lord God. And God, as, as a church, as, as your people, Lord God, when we look at the decay, when we look at the depravity, Lord God, God, we know it breaks your heart and it breaks ours too, Lord God. So show us how and when to stand up against those things, Lord God, that we would fight 
for you and what you have for our children and our grandchildren, for the future, Lord God, of this country that we live in. Lord God, we love you, and we submit to you, and we bow our lives to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.